I don't know what's wrong with my headset, but fuck knows. Well, you're not going to get a warm up, my friend, Anelka style, so you're going to have to. We have to get going. Fine. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's begin. <clears throat> Welcome to the Worldwide Chelsea Pod. It's your favourite announcer in the world. The favourite among all boys and girls. The King of Sting, the Shakespearean superstar. Announcer's hometown hero is Marv. You can find me at Marvito Dude. Follow me or not, I don't really care. Let's get into it. So, on today's pod, we have the analytic, the Belgians. He hit it, the baller, the triple B, Matt J. Ball. Hello, Matt. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm very good. Haven't been on for a long time, so it's good to be back. He's been sipping on the Lefe, drinking some of the delirium, but not delirious, I guess. Yeah, it's very good out in Belgium, but glad to be back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's great to have you back. The analytic IQ has gone up by 100. Um, in the red corner, that's not racist. Uh, he's always on target. The Indian heatwave. We've got Arrow. How are you doing, Arrow? I am Indian, but not red indian per se so yeah i'm doing great what about <laughs> you like how have you been after that terrible terrible loss well it's uh, you know like when you, you go to therapy before you go to therapy you kind of pretend everything's okay but it's really not yeah i haven't even reached that stage yet i'm still mourning yeah i can't believe somebody's taken longer than me to get over this i mean the cups are really important to me it was very important to me a trophy is very important it was going to be our fourth in a row, and that just gone. It's all gone first because of Arsenal. Let's hope we can get revenge in the following season. And so, so. now, so sorry. And now the smooth Texan, Big Tex, he's been called by some. The man with a dozen stories in his pocket. The spokesperson for Rudy's Barbecue. It's Mike. Hello, Mike. How are you doing, my friend? Great, brother. How are you, man? Uh, yeah, doing well since uh, these intros <laughs> G'd me up for this uh, podcast, but um, should be a bit of a shorter one today, but we've got some wonderful guests, we're going to discuss a few things, and we're going to get started with the first thing here, Bayern Munich on Saturday. What are you thinking? Let's start with Matt, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking, how can I get through 90 minutes without pulling my hair out? Okay. Um, how about you, Arrow? Well, I've been disconnected from football since that loss, so I don't even know what to say because we've got all our players injured. I thought this was going to be a better situation than the first leg, but it's even worse. So now on top of Pulisic, we have no holding midfielders, uh, maybe just one winger. And the situation's really bad. I'm going to put it, my money on this and say that it can't possibly be worse than the first leg. Uh, let's see. Let's hope it doesn't. <laughs> let's hope you're right for our sake. But uh, my hopes are pretty thin now. We're going to win 5-0. It's all good. And finally, Mike, what are you thinking about the buy-in game? No hope equals no fear. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much just going into this thing with absolutely zero expectations of advancing. Um, but at the same time, um, you never know, man, there might be a, 
a huge uh, hole that might just suck up the entire uh, Bayern Munich team, and we advance just on the sheer luck of there is no other team to advance from this leg. So who knows? <laughs> you know, a guy can dream. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, what what are you expecting, guys? I mean, can, what's the expectation from this game? Uh, you don't have to be realistic. What are we genuinely expecting to get from this? Arrow, come on, hit me with something, man. Uh, the Bayern game. What can we expect? We're gonna, apart from a spanking. Look at Bayern. They've even signed more players and. So have we, but for this game, we have no one available. Everyone's injured. And uh, morale is going to be at an all-time low because of all the injuries as well as the loss that we faced against Arsenal. So I'm not getting my hopes high for this one. I'm usually optimistic, but this time I'm down in the dumps almost. I haven't gotten back up since that loss. You and me both, my friend. And how about you, Matt? I mean, what, what's your expectation for this? Um, similar to Mike, really. I have no expectation for the game. I don't expect us to get a win at all. I just hope with all the injuries, we've already seen that the likes of Lewis Bate, um, Brogia have been called up to the squad. If they get some minutes and put in a half-decent performance, that will suit me because I, I don't it's, we're, no, we're never going to get through 3-0 down we've got more injuries than we, did, than we did before in the first leg Bayern have also had a month's break off from their season so they're fresher than us and we're coming off of FA Cup final defeat to I'm sorry but a poor Arsenal so nothing's in our favour I mean you, well, you could imagine that because that they haven't played that could work for us the fact they don't have the match fitness yeah, but it's not like they've not done anything for that whole month. They've they have been in training the last two. They had like a week off and then went back into training. I mean, it's everything is against match. Sure, I mean everything is against us. I mean, for my expectation, as long as we get something full of passion, fire, and we fight to the very end of the game, I think that's all I really expect. Um, I hope we don't lose three 0 again. Um, but you know, I think we could take a few small victories away from this. I mean, it's a good opportunity for some players to kind of at least try to show their worth of fight for their place in the team for next season. So it could be quite an important game. I know it probably some players are long gone, but it could be quite good for some players to kind of redeem themselves a little bit. What do you think about that, Arrow? Um, depends on which players you're talking about. It's a game against Byron, so it's not going to be child's play. Uh, so they can prove themselves. I doubt players like Barkley, Hudson Doy, and Ruben Loftus-Chi are going to step up suddenly against Bayern all of a sudden. So that's that's a big bummer here. It's not like we're pay- playing uh, a championship team. We're three three nil down against Bayern, and we're not even playing at home. So I really doubt that what you're saying is going to be the reality that players are going to step up players who haven't this season are going to step up because who do you think is going to step up marv um kepa no i mean who knows oh, well. unlikely heroes come from unlikely situations that's probably too unlikely possibly i think we might need to rename this the morgue episode <laughs> <laughs> 
gonna pass that over to Mike. What, this what is you... this is the bummer episode. Yeah, I got given the graveyard shift, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what are your expectations, my friend? Um, zero. Uh, but at <laughs> on this Pretty on positive. the same to- on the same you know at, at the same token, I I think that we've yeah, it'll be really nice to see. Um, what some of these guys, like you said, you know, fighting for their spot on the team next season, such as, you know, Callum Hudson, Ndoy, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, um, even hell, you know, I, I know it hasn't been, you know, he hasn't really, I, I, and maybe I'm uh, speaking out of turn here, but, you know, even Emerson, I, I know that he's going to have an opportunity to play and start. So there's a chance that, you know, he could be fighting for his spot on the team as well. Um, those are guys that, you know, at some point down the road, Christensen as well, I think he, he's going to probably play, um, I can imagine. So, so like there's, there's a lot of opportunities here for them to show, you know, why they should remain on the team, why they shouldn't be sold, why they shouldn't be loaned out, whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's the one, I guess you could call it bright spot is that we're going to get an opportunity to see these players play, um, against, you know, the, Probably, in, in my opinion, one of the favorites to win Champions League this year, um, just just with how, you know, finely tuned this team that Bayern Munich is right now. So who knows, man? I mean, it would be it'd be interesting to see you know us come out, compete, fight, and um, you know make it make it somewhat of a game. But um, that's that's even thinking considering that um. I try to I try to be more on the positive side of things. Absolutely, and why not? I mean, we don't expect to win, um, and sometimes they're the best games because you're going in there knowing we've essentially lost. So, imagine what happens. You know, one minute we get a penalty, they get a red card. It's one nil. You know, anything can happen if the gods are on the side. I mean, the way we won the Champions League, we had quite a nice kind of rub of luck, didn't we? Um, so you never know. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. I know it's the last game. I know we probably lost it, but I'm going to keep positive and kind of hope it's the last game. We could get. We could end up with a really positive result, a 2-1 win or something, at least something to kind of get us hopeful for the next season. What do you think, guys? Um, just to add on to Mike's point as well, quickly, it could also be an opportunity for players like Emerson, Batshuayi, etc. to play for a move in that respect. Good point. Because they are... they. Ha- Emerson and Batshuayi in particular haven't played a lot of games. Any clubs that are looking at them are probably thinking, well, do we want him? Do we not? And if they put a good, a half-decent performance in against Bayern Munich, that could be the difference between signing for someone and not. That's a good point. It could be like an audition for them. I think it's definitely a good point there that we're thinking about players playing for their futures, not necessarily at Chelsea. I, you know, everybody watches the Champions League, especially when there's that's, no... Yeah, that's pretty fair as well, keeping in mind the, the way they've played and the way we have played with them. So it's only fair for them to think about themselves and for a move now, because that's what we want as well, for them to move on. Absolutely. I mean, I would agree with that. I think the point is there's a lot of players there that aren't really at the level. But if they play great in this game, there are teams that are going to take a chance on some of those, I think. So it's definitely something that could benefit the club and the player, too. 
Right, outside of this kind of sad situation we're discussing, let's shift that over. I just want to ask you guys something that always gets you excited. Optimism for the future. And we normally do that with transfers. We've been talking about all these players. Kai Harvard's being one of the main ones. It will get done. Calm down. Calm down, Josh MC, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> Let's discuss some of your wish list, you know, some of your targets. Um, I'm going to start here with Arrow. What, what would you say your wish list for players to join the club for the next season? My wish list is, uh, first of all, get a decent keeper. O'Black or Ter Stegen. I know it's, it's a wish. It's a wish list after all. So that's my wish, to get a better keeper. Someone top world class like Ter Stegen or O'Black is they would solve a huge problem at the back. We lack leadership at the back, so they're going to provide leadership as well as better keep keeping skills. And I'd want two more centre-backs. Rudiger and Christensen both. They can do both leave my club right now. I tried to back Christensen. Yeah, he massively disappointed me. Rudiger... I always had my doubts about him. He performed for, what, like a couple of games? And then at the end showed us what he's capable of or the lack thereof. So there's no point. I mean, what does he provide now? He's getting older and doesn't even provide the leadership that we require. And that kind of inconsistency is not going to win us trophies. And we need to challenge for trophies now. As for other targets, uh, of course, we want a new left back. We have discussed left-backs on this pod for like uh, three, four episodes now. And we all know what my targets are at left-back are. But what do you think about the target, the rumors that's been going on right now? The rumors about Reguilon. It's a pretty crazy one, isn't it? We're talking about Reguilon, a player I've never actually seen play. Um, have any of you guys Me seen him? Me neither. Any of you no, guys? I've never seen him play. Um... Over the last two days since the rumour, I have specifically watched his games against Barcelona and Real Madrid just to get an insight of how he's played against them, and both of them were fairly positive. Was he solid defensively? Um, as much as you can be against the Barcelona and Real Madrid, obviously. Because we all was... know that he has a dribbling ability to go on and yeah. go past the uh, players, but... I'm still doubtful about his defensive capabilities. I mean, it's in in the games he me didn't make anything fault um, of himself, but I think it was more the actual team defensively. Yeah. <laughs> it's severe after all. Yeah, they're not they're not exactly the most greatest defensive team. Yeah, they're the Europa League specialists. But yeah, I haven't seen much of him. Remember, Danny Alves started there, though, you know, so, I mean, and this is a guy with some pedigree, you know, so you never know. Um, I've only seen comps where he looks pretty quick and, and all that stuff, you know, you can see a lot of things in comps. Um, my question would be, if he, is he athletic? Is he the kind of player we need? He looks good in the videos, but uh, I've not seen enough to, to judge this yet. But, you know, I do trust the club on this matter. And uh, if it's for the price that we see touted, maybe it's worth that risk over someone like Chilwell. What do you think, guys? Yeah, it could be worth the risk because Chilwell's... I don't think Leicester are going to budge on Chilwell at all. They're going to keep that price tag of £80 million on and we can't afford that. We need too many players elsewhere in other positions for us to spend £80 million on just the left-back. That's a record signing. 
and we don't do well with record signings. Let's just keep it at a medium and let's go for our young targets because Ricky Ron fits the bill. He is pacey, but I can't comment on a player who I have not seen too often. Yeah, very, very, um, and Matt had something to say. I'm sorry, I'm going to let Mike come in quick. Just uh, give me a nice couple of targets there. How about you, Mike? What would your targets be for the transfer? Oh, season? man. Well, um, I will continue to uh, beat this dead horse until we finally announce a goalkeeper. But uh, I would love to have uh, Nick Pope. Um, because, I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, for for obvious reasons, I, I think... If, for me, at least, he, he's a dude that commands the he, he commands the box. Uh, he's not he's not afraid to come out. Um, those are all, he's basically the opposite of Keppa. Um, <laughs> so those are all things that I would would welcome and appreciate. Um, I'll take you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to Reguillon, uh, best left back in La Liga, evidently. Um, of course, Ben Chilwell, if that price tag comes down, but. Um, very interested to see what happens with David Alaba, uh, personally. So, um, that's a, that, that's a guy that if, if it, if all things being equal price tag, everything, I think I would probably go with him. I don't care about his age. I don't care about this youth movement in this respect here. We need a guy that is a proven winner, um, is a guy that's got the skins on the wall, um, that can come in and sort of do both of what we want. He can play solid defense. He can also attack on that left-hand side as well. Be a great compliment to Reese James, in my opinion. Um, and of course, um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as the winger situation goes, there's two guys that I would really love to have considering that we're in this, you know, this position that we are with William signing Pedro moving on. Um, would love to have, you know, Saeed Ben Rama as a squad guy at this point, but um, if the rumors are true that the, the price tag for Zaha has gone down, I wouldn't hate that it, it, in, any, in any stretch. I think that guy is just the – I think he's a stone-cold killer, and I'd love to see him on a good team. Interesting. Very, very interesting point. That's um, – I'll give you some of mine. Um, I, I'm going to come to Matt after that. So Zaha has been one of my kind of favorites for a while. I know it's not a popular football Twitter opinion, but I think actually he's on a very bad team. And he makes that team relevant. And you can say whatever you want. You look at who else is there. Jordan, are you? Is Jordan, are you? And, play, you know, there are not great players in Crystal on Crystal Palace's team. Um, and I think Zaha, at a big club, in these next couple of years of his career, is ready to make an explosion. And I've been willing to back this to the, to the hills. But, uh, you know, nobody wants to pay that price. And so he's kind of stuck. Um, I heard that they definitely reduced the price. Um, if so, and Willian is leaving, this is one of my highest targets. I know we've already bought wingers, though, and we've got areas that are probably a little more important. We've got to improve. The goalkeeper for me is number one. Um, Declan Rice is number two. I think we really need to get him. I think he would really greatly improve the team. Um, I'm going to pass that up. Good, good options there, though, Mike. Very different to what normal people would not normal people, but what other people have said. Um, I'll ask you about Pope in a minute, but I'll ask Matt. What are your targets, Matt? So would this be for just this window, to clarify? Yes. Well, we could say this window and January. I mean, it might as well keep it to now summer. Okay, so obviously it's not been a secret that I am not a fan of signing too many players in one window, and I have stressed the importance of that. But So I'm 
considering we have signed Werner Ziyech already, presuming that Havertz comes in as well, I really think we can only make at most two borderline three more signings. Personally, Ballet. I think we need the left back desperately. And I think looking at dream wish list, Alaba would be top. Uh, from what I've seen, obviously I haven't seen much, but Regulon would be second, and then Tellez would be a mild third, in my opinion. But um, Alaba would be such a good signing to get, and it would, from what people have said, it would be such a cheap price at the moment for him, which I don't understand. It's either rubbish journalism or it's a bargain for Chelsea. Um, in terms of the other signing, we've got to get a centre back. And personally, you know, I've been banging on about him in the group chat for a good few months, but Nikola Milenkovic from Fiorentina would be my first choice. A Declan Rice would be my second, um, just because he can play in that DM and centre-back, so it gives us a bit more versatility. Um, And if we were to sign a goalkeeper, I'm going to join Mike on his Pope train because I've been looking at Pope over the last few weeks and getting a bit more convinced about him. Interesting on, on Pope there. I mean, I was convinced the the reverse way after I saw the goal he conceded at, I don't know if it was Watford, I can't remember. Um, no, it was someone else, wasn't it? He conceded a, quite a bad long-range shot and it gave me Kepa vibes. But I definitely, I, I know Mike's been banging that drum for a while. I've, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to kind of ask you both about it. What, why Pope? Mike first, why Pope? Has he gone? No, sorry about that, guys. Um, I think Pope, I, I think it's just he's a proven leader here. Um, and, and I say proven leader, I mean, he plays for Burnley. But uh, <laughs> I will say this, like everything that I've seen, he's he's the exact opposite of Kepa. Maybe I'm looking at this with just rose Pope colored tinted lenses here, tinted <laughs> lenses. But I look at it from the perspective of he's a shot stopper. He's a guy that can come out on the box. He's not afraid to. He's not afraid to dive for balls. He's not afraid to, um, you know, if he has to, he'll kick somebody's butt. Um, I don't, I, I, everything I've seen about this guy is I've been, I've just fallen in love with him. So uh, with respect to, with respect to Pope, with respect to Onana, I would have no problem with Onana either. Um, but Pope's got the the Premier League experience. Um, and yeah, man, he won. He won the gold glove. So, I mean, I, I don't see why I don't see why we wouldn't want, want a guy like that on our squad or on our team for that matter. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is, win the golden glove. Uh, in terms of what I personally have met with Pope, um, obviously, again, I think that the idea that he was done very well with his clean sheets for a Burnley side that, let's be honest, they do have a lot of teams coming on at them defensively. They have got a decent defence in front of him, but he does still get a lot of shots, particularly a lot of set pieces coming for Burnley. So he's very good with coming out on set pieces, particularly corners, which obviously Kepa is a big issue with. And I think the main point with Pope for me is that Pope can come in without Kepa necessarily having to leave. And he may start off, well, 
judging by Frank Lampard, he may come in as number one, but he may start off as number two and take over Kepa. But I think the point, the point where you can't bring a Oblak or a Testegen or even an Onana to an extent without seriously thinking of what we're going to do with Kepa, whereas Pope, you can you can put him in as a number two. I think he'd ha- he wouldn't be happy of a number two, but he'd be happy that he can come in as a number two to a big club and there's an opportunity for him to get the number one. Yeah, I'm all for Pope as a number two, but as our primary keeper, I don't think he'd be a pretty huge upgrade over Kepa. Because from what I've seen from him, uh, we all go by the clean sheets that he that he's accumulated this season, and it's been a lot of clean sheets. But he's also playing for a Sondage team, and Sondage is a, is a manager who likes to keep his uh, team defensive, so they are constantly playing a low block against every single team. And he, like you said, he does have a decent defense in front of him. But going by his shot save percentage uh, it's not too good to look at i mean by january it was just above kepa so he was uh just one place above kepa who was rock bottom and from january to now uh, after the break resumed he has played better but i don't think i still don't think he could be our primary keeper uh, i think we should keep our expectations a bit higher than Pope right now for the number one keeper. I'm all for him as a backup keeper in place of Caballero, but not as a primary keeper. I also do think it is, to clarify, it is a stopgap because for when we've got the opportunity to spend one, a lot more time and priority on a goalkeeper, and two, frankly, the money and possibly having the idea of selling Kappa. Don't forget, Pope is. 28 so he's got what three four years and then he'll start he'll be starting to look at do I just stay as number two he may just he may play them first couple of years as a stopgap possibly first choice goalkeeper depending on what Pepper does that uh, Kepper does and then maybe after that he goes I'm on good money here I don't mind playing second fiddle to whatever really good goalkeeper we could end up getting in the future. I don't think we're going to get a backup keeper now because if anyone comes in right now, it's uh, Kepa leaving, either on loan or going to be sold because Kepa, you're assigned a one-year contract, I think, with us. Yeah, but that's for me, that's more of an insurance that just in case we don't get anyone. But from what a lot of sources have been saying that we're likely to get someone in goal, no matter whether Kepa leaves or not, and it depends on who we get, depending on if Kepa leaves. So what that sounds like is the likes of Pope are keepers to come in if Kepa stays, and then the likes of Oblak are the ones if Kepa leaves. Yeah. I just have wanted to be a good, like, a keeper that was World class right now because we that's where we've been lacking the most. Would you argue that Onana is world class right now? No, that's why I haven't mentioned Onana. It's gonna be kept, it's either gonna be Oblak or Tersteken for me now because well, now that we know that we signed the five year contract, he's still not happy there. 
from what I'm hearing from all the rumors there. But yeah, that's well, a long shot anyway. And then all, yeah, then all, all black is a long shot with all yeah, the money. But I mean, I, I know both of them are long shots, but man can wish, right? Definitely. Very interesting points you've all made there about the the choice of keeper. I do I do agree with Arrow in that sense that we got to aim high. Um, I mean, at this point we have to kind of consider, I believe, what is really gonna improve. We got to just, I mean, that's the way I see it with transfers. It's got to be improvement. It's got to be an improvement. I think all the ones mentioned and Nana probably not world class yet, but has that possibility to be Pope competent, good saver of the ball, right? Um, those players probably will improve the team, so I'm not totally against it. It's when we get linked to players that won't improve the team. I'm happily to, happy to see no one has mentioned Tagliafico, who I just don't feel, I don't know what you guys think about that, but for me, doesn't improve the team at all. Um, whereas the other left-backs that we've mentioned, uh, Telesh, I think he is an improvement on our left-backs. Alaba, the dream, or I don't notice Reguillon, but if he got voted best left back in the league it's pro he's probably going to be an improvement what are you guys kind of thinking on that area about improvements um yeah you, you've always got to have this the point of transfers you've always got to bring in people that is going to improve the team i think that was the problem two or three years ago where we brought in players like bakioko and Drinkwater who weren't improvements if at best they were just sidesteps and then they turned out to be downgrades yeah and it's the whole attitude of i think buying players to just fill out the squad i think it's a we we can do that with young talents that can get games and they really want to play here you like your mounts or, or you know mounts probably a bad example because he's establishes himself brilliantly but like you know like hudson adoy like you know these kind of players it's better having them than going out and buying a dries mertens for example who would just have been a waste of money in my opinion and for me, it's always about the mentality of why they're coming as well. Are they looking to step up or are they looking just to get a paycheck for the next few years? And that's a genuine concern. I definitely agree. And on that point, let's shift it over. Keep it on the transfer thing, but not completely. Uh, one of our biggest heroes, William, looks like he's going to be leaving the club. Uh, some happy, some not happy. But let's shift that over because this brings up a certain winger situation for me. I am perhaps maybe thinking back to 2004 where I think that our best system is when we have four wingers and we kind of had that this season with Callum Hudson-Odoi, Pedro uh, not obviously playing as much as you'd expect. We've got Ziyech coming in and we've got Pulisic who's just been unbelievable so we got two there and Callum Hudson-Odoi being three and I don't think he's yet competent to play there. So if we lose William, are we replacing William? I'm going to ship. I'm going to give that first to Arrow. He hasn't spoken for a while, so I'm going to give it to Arrow. What do you think about the idea of replacing William or going in with only two competent wingers at this point? I don't like the idea of going in with just two competent wingers because on the right we have Ziyech, but he even plays better on as an AM instead of right wing. So even if we consider Ziyech, we have Ziyech on the right side and Pulisic on the left, and if you want those two. Just to fill up those four winger spots, uh, we could do that because we've got players that can play multiple positions. So Werner can play on the left wing as well with Pulisic, and even Mount can fill up that void in on left wing because Pulisic is now prone to injuries, and even Hudson Odoi has shown us that he's not consistent. So I think we should go in for another winger, an out and out winger. 
because I don't think William going was a, a joyous situation for me. He did provide provide the experience, and now it leaves us with a headache of filling that gap because we we are losing both Pedro and William. Yes, I actually completely agree with that. I do think we need to to bring and and for me, I had this discussion earlier. We really do need to bring in, I think, high quality. If we're going to only have three wingers, I think they all need to be high quality. And we have to also assume we don't know how Ziyech is going to adapt in the first season because he's never played in a league that's like this. He's playing in a toilet league, essentially. Um, so that's another issue. Um, what do you think about this, Mike? What's your opinion there? Oh, I, I mean, we, we absolutely need... Um, we, we can't go into it with, with those guys. And you're absolutely right with, with Ziyech. He, he hasn't been proven. Um, I've got no doubt that he's going to be successful here, in my opinion, uh, depending on where we play him on the pitch. But um, when it comes down to it, we, we absolutely need two, maybe even three wingers here, uh, considering how Frank wants to play. Um, and if he's, and if he's already basically has already told, you know, Timo Werner that, Hey, I'm not going to be putting you out on the wing. Um, I mean, I hate to deal in absolutes here, but that's also a viable option as well. Um, if we don't go into, we, if we don't sign, you know, more than, more than one winger, um, then that's also a viable option as well. Um, I know Kai Havertz has, has got some flexibility and, and he can do some things as well um, in that attacking third, but um, we have to really, I, I think we really need to, press the issue here with crystal palace and find out exactly what they're what they're wanting for somebody like zaha i mean personally that's that would be a guy that i would really want to look into um if that price tag has gone down um but also yeah i mean if ben rama is is still available if that's even an option that's somebody that i'd also want to sign to the squad as well and see what he can do um but also i mean we we need to we need to keep our eyes open on with, with what we're doing here with the academy players as well but absolutely, we need to figure out this whole winger situation before it's too late because um, September is right around the corner. <laughs> Pulisic can't play every single game. That, that's that's un unfortunately that's that's becoming a sad reality until we see else uh, you know otherwise. Imagine sure. having two one-on-one -on -one wingers either side. It's always a dream for me. I love the idea of two one-on-one -on -one wingers. It strikes fear into the opponent, and we haven't had it for so long now. You know, when we had Hazard, we didn't have it on the other side. I love William, but he's not that kind of player. Um, you know, we got. Imagine having Pulisic on the left, and uh, or you know, I know Hazard play on the left, but imagine having Pulisic and Hazard in the same team. I mean, what that could have given us creatively. Anyway, I'm going to. It would have been. It would have been. A, it would have been unstoppable. Um, in my opinion, I, I think we would have. We would have seen something very similar to what Liverpool has been able to accomplish, especially with the, with um, at least on the attacking side, I would say. And I think that that also attributes to, um, you know, a lot of our defensive, you know, issues as well. Is we, we don't have, you know, those guys that can run at an opponent in the attacking third like a Pulisic often would do. Absolutely. Um, so Cole. here we are. Yeah. And that's the thing that maybe Willian doesn't have. It's the running with the quality. And, and kind of that's what Pulisic has. You know, he runs, he beats his man, but he's, his ball, his final ball, it's great. And I, I always think that um, 
having that it's really it's really important because the more you can do with that teams do not want to attack against teams like that you like so the, the problem we have with our, our defense and, and everything people know they can attack us but imagine you've got Zaha on one side you've got Pulisic on another side and teams are trying to press us they'll be thinking twice and they'll be like, mm, maybe we shouldn't go forward because the counter. And this is what this is how our 2004 team worked. Teams were scared to attack us because as soon as you release Duff and Robin, it was almost definitely a goal. But you're uh, forgetting now. We now have Werner as our striker. Exactly. Instead of the slow Giroud and Tammy, who isn't quite the pacey forward, we have Werner. So teams are going to be wary of of uh, them getting on the counter against us because we have Werner and Pulisic who can break away at pace against the opposition absolutely and I saw that actually in Europe uh, it was a stat I saw the other day Timo Werner was like 6th or 7th in the whole of Europe of this uh, goal getting you know so if we're looking at stats and stuff yeah. sorry go ahead yeah I, I was just agreeing with you I had seen the same thing as well that Werner is like top five or six uh, in the whole of Europe for goals scored this season. It's incredible. Uh, I just want to make sure I pass that over to Matt because I've, we, the discussion does not involve Matt. What is your opinion on the winger situation, Matt? Um, well, you, you, know your, you know more than me, um, my opinion on this. Um, I think, look at the amount of players that... Uh, sometimes I feel like the way people say this is... As if it's easy just to get seven, eight, nine players. So if, say, we want all the targets and positions that we want already, plus one or two wingers, that's getting to eight or nine players to fit into the team. I just don't feel. I get that we're there's a lot of positions we need, and there's because Williams leaving, it's made us a bit uh, weaker at the top in terms of depth. But I think we're just we're just going to have to in some way, either at the back or up top, we're going to have to for this season to um, sacrifice one of them in turn or get the eight or nine players, but then, again, sacrifice the season in terms of these eight or nine players have got to actually play together, gel into a new system. I don't think... I think sometimes people play it a bit too... Uh, they talk about it too much like FIFA in terms of we'll get all these players, they're all gelling and then we'll win the league but that's not how it works and I think you go on about Zaha I don't think Palace will sell Zaha any less than they want to because they've, you've got, they've got the 25% sell-on clause to United and I heard that the only people that they'd sell cheaper to would be United because it would just negate the sell-on clause and I think with three years on his deal, Zahar's never really kicked up a massive fuss about leaving. I just don't see him dropping it for now. He's still on a long, t- a fairly long-term contract. Maybe in next season they'll start worrying a bit about the price, but I think they'll just they'll keep it as it is. They don't need the money. They never spend on their team anyway, so why would it change? Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. It's just from the reports that we read that he could be available for 40. I'm not sure how much truth there is uh, in that. But no, a good point that you raise. Um, I just want to bring up another point. You said about eight or nine players. Um, I'm not sure where that number comes. I mean, if I'm thinking about 
the position that we need, you know, one centre-back, one left-back, we've already bought two, that's four. If we had a winger, that's five. Um, and then, you know, if we did buy Declan Rice for a midfield, that's six. Um, they do say, I mean, I read this in, in a Football Tactics uh, article long, long time ago, that a change of four players actually is a significant change in uh, stylistically. Um, and normally the club went three in, three out in the past. If you remember back to our 2006 plus days, it was only three maximum that would come in. And I think that's because the style was always established. Um, in this sense, there's a way Lampard wants to play. And he's been, you know, he was stuck with a lot of players that can't facilitate that. So in this case, I feel like a change of four or five isn't such a negative, considering the best we've done is come fourth, which just isn't good enough for this club. So what do you think about that, guys? I'm going to give that to all three of you to discuss there. What do you all think? Yeah, I agree with Marv here, because um, with the thinking that you can't change a team that has that already has uh, a nice bonding and a nice team chemistry within them. But as for our team, we haven't even played... Uh, the same team consistently for a long time uh, in this season at all. We've constantly chopped and changed players and we've had to because of injuries or otherwise. And they all haven't performed the way we would have wanted to. And even Lampard knows that. So we need to change. We need to bring in more quality and that the dead will go because Lampard needs players that fits his quality. He just inherited the squad. He didn't even get one single window to buy players of his own. So let's see if we can bring in better players and they perform well. And what do we have to lose? We're just going to lose players like Emerson and Barkley. And who else? Zapacosta, Drinkwater, Bakayoko, Bachuai. Do you think we're going to really lose anything with those? Any quality or any team chemistry? I mean, how, how, much, have, how much have they played anyway? It's a good point. What do you think about that, Mike? No, I, I I will go ahead and third that that whole sentiment there. I mean, it's um, the the one the one thing that I will say too is this. You know, yeah. I mean, like what Matt said. I mean, if we're treating this like like it's FIFA, then then obviously we don't have to worry about team chemistry at all. But obviously, that's a very real thing, um, and you saw it as the season progressed, especially with. Um, the link-up play with Mount and Pulisic and even Giroud, even on that 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 goal in the FA Cup, I thought that was a fantastic run that Pulisic made after he had, you know, passed it to Mount. Um, you know, th those are all things that you have to consider, and and we're doing this in such a short time frame um, because we have what I mean, it's essentially we have a matter of what four or five weeks before the the season picks back up. Um, it, it's, it, it'll be super difficult for, uh, anybody, regardless of whether they're in the premier league or not to come in here and learn the way that Frank wants to play. Um, and then obviously, you know, get familiar with their teammates in, in an effort to, um, you know, be somewhat productive. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword in that respect here. I mean, obviously, we need players. We need quality players. But um, this is going to be it'll, – it'll be a really tough – you know, it'll be a tough task here for whoever comes to, to be familiar, get, get acclimated to the system, but also for uh, us to find a way to, um, to win games and, and to be competitive because, I mean, that's, that's the expectation now, right? I mean – 
we're looking at we're, we're looking at winning trophies now. Uh, we we're looking at you know continuing to be you know in in the conversation with Champions League. So these are all things that uh, whatever it is that happens, we we have to also maintain that that level of um, you know that 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 standard, that high standard of we're a big club. We need to win. We need to win trophies. We need to win. We need to compete for the Premier League Championship as well. Yeah, brilliant point there, Mike. I'm going to give that back to Matt because uh, what, what do you think about it? Um, yeah, well, just to clear out quickly, in terms of what I meant by the eight signings, so it had been Ziek, Werner, and say Havertz come in. Oh, I forgot about three, seven. Plus the goalkeeper, plus the left back, plus the centre back was six. A DM would be seven, winger would be eight, and then there's people on Twitter have been talking about getting rid of both Christensen, Rudiger and bringing in two centre-backs. So that would be I the, don't think that's happening. I mean, so I think that, that's what I mean by the fan. Not, obviously, not a lot of, there are a lot of people that aren't realistic, but there's a lot of fantasists that think we're going to sure. sign nine players and win the league. No chance. I mean, it, I mean it, we've got to take what Lampard says as well. Remember, I mean, he said, like, first year, stabilise the team, second year, compete, and third year, win. So... You know, I don't think we're getting that many players. Um, I mean, there are things we want in a team a bit more, but I, yeah, I don't think we're going to get everything. I, I feel like you. I think we'll probably end up with about four, or five maximum. But I, I personally, think we're going to be here at least three more. Sorry, uh, begin again there because you were both at the same time. For an hour. Yeah, I think we're going to bring in at least three more players: uh, a goalkeeper, defender, and a left back. And Kai Harvards. And, yeah, uh, and I Harvard. think Gabby Goal is coming too, right? <laughs> <laughs> you get, you get Damn a it, why did we sign Werner? We could have signed Gabby Goal. <laughs> you get a transfer rubble <laughs> with every box meal. <laughs> right, I, I'm aware that we're near the end of the show, so I just want to ask the final questions for us all to discuss before this wonderful pod ends. Hopes and expectations for next season. And I'm going to start with Matt. Um, well, I, f- I still think with all the signings we're going to make, it. I don't think we're going to win the league, as some people suggest we will. But I think we will... Personally attacked. <laughs> I think we will personally get closer to Liverpool. It's going to be like... If you cast your mind back to the 2013-2014 season where we lightly challenged Liverpool and City, but we were kind of just that step back. But I think that will be us next season. That Hazard Oscar season. Yeah, it was one, it was one where we stopped Liverpool from winning Gerrard. Yeah. Uh, where we were just that, we were there, the but we were just that, that little bit before Mourinho. Europa League winner cup semi-final season. Yeah. But I think then it'll be that'll be the step to push on to next season. But I think the main thing I'm looking at, it's okay doing that and challenge him, but not quite challenge him. But I think we need to see we need to see a trophy and in my opinion I'd like to see us get fit a lot further in the Champions League than we normally do. I'd like to see at least a quarter final even probably a semi-final, depending on how we do in the signings. Interesting. No, good point. And what about you, Arrow? Yeah, um, 
for the league this season. Yeah, I don't think the next season would be ours, the league. Because Liverpool and Man City already have world-class squads, and it will be tough to catch up on them with just one window of signings. So I'm guessing at least two windows for a squad that can compete with them throughout the league. Because uh, I don't think we're going to address all our defensive problems the next season all at once. We have struggled defensively this whole season. We all know that. And the league requires consistency. We need to be great against uh, top teams and even better against the weaker teams. But we haven't done that this season. So I'm expecting a top three finish. A top three of Liverpool, Man City and us. And hopefully a cup to go along with that. And like Matt said, I'd like for us to go a bit further in the Champions League as well because we haven't seen the knock, the proper knockout stages like quarterfinals and semifinals since a long time. We've been getting knocked out of the round of 16 since the past, what, uh, whenever we've played since the past few years. And I'd love for us to go at least to the semis this season. I mean, the next season. Good point, yeah. V very valid. And how about you, Mike? Um, yeah, I think... Expectation-wise, the expectations are we need to win. We need to win the League Cup. We need to win the FA Cup, and we need to finish in the top three. Um, Champions League would be nice, but hey, I mean, you you don't. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be it'd be great if we could make it into the quarterfinals or the semifinals, honestly. But I think when we're talking about building long-term success. Um, those things, uh, winning those trophies, winning those things in, in, in England go a lot further, in my opinion, in terms of um, establishing momentum, establishing, you know, long-term success. And yeah, if we, can, if we can find a way to continue to roll into like the quarterfinals or the semis for Champions League, in addition to winning those trophies, in addition to finishing top third, hey, that's excellent. That's awesome. But realistically here... Um, yeah, I'm looking at those those three you know objectives at this point, those three targets, um, in order for us to continue to build upon this you know the supposed you know Frank Lampard project at this point. Yeah, I mean, all of you have raised some very valid points. Um, I will close that out with my target. My targets for a season is always the same every season. It's win something. And that will always be the same. Um, but we have to take into consideration that, you know, at this season I considered it a failure. But at the same time, I think Lampard's done a great job in the fact that we, we probably didn't expect to get in, in, top, in the top four and all this kind of stuff. Um, however, now, we, if this Harvard's thing happens, that's a lot of money we've just spent. So I, I definitely expect more than just coming four from failing everything. Um, and, and I think that a lot of fans need to kind of have those um, expectations high again because we're a big club. We're not Arsenal uh, and we're not Tottenham. We, we, we should be winning things. Um, when we've bought Ziyech, we've bought, you know, Werner, we've got Harvest coming. I mean, that is some serious money spent on some serious players. So the intent there, we should be able to compete, I think, and maybe not for the league. I mean, you know, we're looking at two incredible teams. And even if we do make good signings, they need, as Matt said, you know, that they need to be adapted and work. So the league, you know, might be a bit too far, but I would expect one cup win, uh, an improvement in our Champions League position. And third or fourth would probably be real at this point. Uh, would you guys agree with me there or, or not? 
Yep, exactly the same targets that I have expected. I have expectations on. So yeah, I agree totally. Well, I gotta say, uh, what about you guys, Matt, and uh, also Mike? What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Not to mention as well, we've got to consider Manchester City's crazy three hundred million transfer spree that somehow fits into their financial fair play once again. So <laughs> you know what they're like, but we've got to battle that as well. So it'll be an interesting Premier League next season. I think a lot better than it has been this season. No doubt about it. It's been in two horse races. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, Marv. like subscribe Um, well I gotta say what a wonderful pod it started off sad we we closed it out in a happy way so that's something wonderful hopefully we've uh, made some of the listeners a bit happy a bit more optimistic for the future season and our 4-0 win that's coming on Saturday and uh, it's been great Um, also before we close out the pod just want to say thank you to Sadiq for giving us this incredible platform for fans around the world that's why it's worldwide Chelsea Yet again, his uh, unselfishness and amazing character allows us to do this thing and, and all come together as fans. So big thank you to Sadiq, who gives us more than our value on Patreon. Um, you should give him more Patreon, everyone who listens, because it helps helps someone who really cares about the club. So thank you for that. And uh, also thank you to these incredible guests. Uh, thank you, Arrow. You're welcome. And thank you for giving us this platform, Sadiq, because it's been a pleasure being on here uh, I really was down in the hole, and this episode made me feel a lot better. So, cheers to you guys. Thank you, Aaron. And Matt, thank you, my friend. No worries, and again, thank you for Steak. Dream come true to do this kind of thing. You and me both. And thank you to our smooth character over there in the corner, Mike. The smooth criminal. Hey, man, it's, <laughs> it's always a pleasure, guys. Uh, and I say that every time to close it out but it, it's it's true um it, it's this is something where i've um i i look forward to this this is group therapy for me and thank you to sadiq for giving us this awesome platform to do this wonderful guys it is really group therapy and hopefully everybody else can uh, be counseled for free by us as well right hopefully it ends up wonderful thank you all guys and that's been worldwide Chelsea pod episode number i don't remember have a wonderful day, evening, see you Saturday. Nice one. Nice.